Swanting West was the kind of town you went to when you needed shoelaces. It was not a beacon of anything in particular. Beacons tend to have a distinct colour about them. Twanting West, proud constituency and technically town, was situated somewhere in the middle of Britain, somewhere in the middle of quality. No one tended to mention Twanting West, and often days would go by without its denizens once remembering that technically they were part of the same community, rather than just living near some other people. It had the feel of a procedurally generated environment, the sliders so close together they were almost touching, so that the land went from greenish-brownish hills to brownish-orangish homes, to orangish-yellowish houses, to yellowish-greyish flats, to greyish-greyish town centre, before you overshot and the whole process went into reverse. If you kept going, you'd be sure to hit another almost indistinguishable town before too long. It was not the sort of place people tell stories about. Nevertheless... Callum Berkeley lived somewhere near the middle of this middleish town, in a flat that was small and cold, and that he should count himself lucky to have. It was a Friday night, and he had spent it watching a television show he didn't really care about, and drinking three cans of beer he thought was basically okay, and then he had gone to bed. Callum was asleep when his phone began buzzing, and was therefore not as quick getting it as he could have been. He waited the prerequisite amount of time for the two-buzz sign of a text message, but no, this was a phone call. As a 24-year-old man, receiving an actual phone call at all is a momentous occasion. Receiving one in the middle of the night was positively electrifying, and as such, he leapt into action, rolling over, slapping his phone three or four times, answering it and bringing it up to his ear, realising he hadn't answered it when it buzzed on his ear, making a little growling sound, lowering the phone, glaring at it in the hope doing so would bring the screen into focus, actually answering it, and bringing it back up to his ear. <coughs> Callum said. Hello, am I speaking with Callum Berkeley? The voice on the other end was low, and the quality was poor. Uh, yeah. The time has come, Callum. Huh? Get up, Callum. Get out of bed and look out the window. A cold shot of adrenaline punctured Callum's sleep haze, propelling him out of bed. What? Who is this? After a moment, he acquiesced and scooted over to the window. Do you see the fresh nuns van out there, Callum? Pure fear compelled Callum to peek around the curtain. There was indeed a van out there, on the street. Fresh Noms was the upmarket supermarket, not a place Callum could afford to shop. The side of the van was coated in one of those extremely high-definition shots of tomatoes with little droplets of water on them. You can't afford these tomatoes, it seemed to say. They're covered in droplets of water, and are therefore fresh. Get out of here. You'll need a screwdriver and a small sharp object, like a filleting knife. What? Once you have those objects, you'll need to get underneath the van. You'll see three cables exiting the chassis under the driver's side. I need you to sever the central cable column. Things were not going as expected, but were at least following a theme which allowed Callum's adult brain to finally catch up. What? I'm not doing that. Open your wallet, Callum. What? Open your wallet. Tell me what's inside. This blindsided Callum enough that he reverted to just doing what he was told in absence of other real options. Uh, there's a lot in here. I, I should really clear it out, but you know what it's like. You always... You have a mega market card in there, don't you, Callum? Yes, uh, Callum pulled the card out. It was brightly and tackily decorated in thick primary colours. Mega market loyalty scheme. This, the card said, is a supermarket more your speed. Who is this? The voice continued to ignore him. You took an oath when you took that card, Callum. An oath of loyalty. Now the time to repay that oath has come. Collect the items I specified and go outside. 
I like to see fresh gnomes sentle taunting undercutters on yams when they're in a ditch. The voice crackled as the incense caller peeked out the voice modulator. I'm not going to sabotage a delivery van, said Callum. The voice was still for a moment. The occasional crackle and pop, no copyright infringement intended, of the voice modulator, the only sound to be heard. You made a pledge, Callum. I got a club card, Callum protested feebly. You picked up a loyalty card. What did you think that meant? Honestly, trading privacy of information for slightly cheaper biscuits. You think we need to know what a 24-year-old from Twenting is going to buy? You're going to buy some stuff that seems healthy but actually isn't. Some stuff that will just about keep you alive and as much sugar as you can rationalise to yourself. What you agreed to, Callum, was to be part of something. Well, no, I... I mean, I guess kind of, but... I mean, most people have loyalty cards from more than one place, said Callum. That would be extremely disappointing. Do you have more than one sacred oath in your wallet, Callum? More than one lifelong commitment? What? No, I... No, I don't. This was actually true, but as with most things in Callum's life, had far more to do with laziness than any considered decision. This is illegal, he wheedled. This is above the laws of man. You are merely a creature caught in the gears of market forces, Callum. Do you know what forces are, Callum? Gravity, electricity, the other ones, and market. Primal, ancient forces which care not for the desires of man. And what if I don't do it? The phone emitted a modulated chuckle. <laughs> oh, Callum, do you really want to go back to paying full price on selected goods pending deals with brand partners? Bemused silence was the only answer. Participate in pre-packaged meals are on special right now. I think you know what you have to do. The line went dead. Callum stood in the middle of his bedroom for a while, frozen in place. In a single fluid movement, he slid back into bed, threw his wallet across the room, and popped the back of his phone. He removed the battery, curled up into a ball, and tried to get back to sleep. That is the story of how, on an otherwise blissfully responsibility-free day, Callum Berkeley found himself removing cards of various types from his wallet and judging whether or not he needed them, wanted them, or knew what they were for. He cut up his Mega Market card first then a card for a cinema that didn't exist anymore, followed by an orange rectangle with a logo he didn't recognise and no text anywhere on it, the graphic designers evidently having won over the compliance team of whatever long, bankrupt foray into capitalism this card was an artefact from. Callum paused, however, when he came to his credit card. He'd never used it, true, but it was at least functional. There were uses to having one, though he couldn't foresee any right at this moment. When he remembered the kinds of decisions made by drunk Callum, an increasingly rare and yet increasingly angry portion of his psyche, he decided it was best to suspend this gateway into financial ruin, at least for the time being. Going into the centre of Twanting was never a particularly enjoyable experience. The grey buildings which made up the core ran together in a blur, only differentiated by the shiny plastic draped over them, which marked each out as a beachhead of any number of national chains, repeated in every town and city in Britain, and in many cases, the world. It was into this soup of concrete and brand identities that Callum lumbered. Motto Bank was Callum's personal bank, a choice made almost entirely at random by a younger version of himself, and stuck to rigidly out of apathy and lack of any real financial learning in the intervening years. Their particular plastic overlay, red and black with white writing, 
lay thick over the facade of the building, and thicker once Callum was inside, all glass and plastic with the human faces of the staff begrudgingly interred within an otherwise completely smooth and shiny environment. Callum waited in line until it was his turn to step up to the shiny glass counter, and the considerably more grizzled face, despite some effort having been made, apparently with varnish, behind it. Hello, how can I help you? Uh, hi, yeah, um, I'd like to cancel my credit card, please. I don't need it. Callum raised the card in question, as if that would help at all. Hi, can I help you? Without anything apparently changing, there was now a man standing next to Callum, where before there had not. He seemed to have had more luck with the varnish than the woman behind the counter. His teeth and skin had an identical texture. Uh, said Callum, not wanting to appear rude, still operating as if he was conversing with a human being and not the mouthpiece of a colossal monetary apparatus, like an idiot. Without really being sure why, Callum found himself being led away. For some reason he felt compelled to smile apologetically at the lady behind the counter, who stared dead-eyed at him before turning to help someone else. The man with teeth skin, or possibly skin teeth, led Callum into an office. It was bright and airy, despite the omnipresence of red and black across otherwise white fittings. The designer had done incredible work with the imperial colour scheme available to her, and had been paid tremendously well. Callum was seated, with a glass of water in front of him, across from the man who had led him in here, and another man who apparently came to the office. Both were dressed in grey suits, white shirts, and red ties, the latter mottled with the abstract pattern of the bank. The suits flowed seamlessly from the pattern of the desk, the pattern of the walls, and the red and dark, dark grey carpet. The whole room turned towards Callum, and smiled a rehearsed, carefully dialed-in smile. Hi Callum, I'm Keith, this is Stephen. These were lies repeated on their name tags. Their true names were written in a slightly thinner font underneath their former names, their birth names. These were adjective-heavy designations that got jumbled up in your mind as soon as you stopped seeing them. Was one of them coordinating loans manager? Or credit management coordinator? There was definitely some coordinating. Oh, actually, was it communications? But that would mean, we understand you're looking at cancelling your credit card. Uh, yeah, said Callum. I, I don't think I need it, really. Well, we all hope we won't need it, said one of the men. Callum wasn't sure which. Always good to have it there, though, just in case. The room followed up in a different voice from a different mouth. Probably. Uh, sure, I understand that, but I was looking at my cards and I, I haven't used it, and honestly, I don't feel comfortable having that amount of credit open in my name. You know, in general, I don't like to owe anyone money, and I really don't need that temptation there. Well, what about emergencies? What if you were stuck somewhere with no way to pay for anything? I mean, I have my debit card, said Callum. Those stop working all the time. What? All the time, someone intoned. Possibly the desk. Hang on. It's a debit card from your bank. Are you saying they're unreliable? What if there's that thing you wanted and you just can't afford it yet? Well, that's actually what I'd like to avoid. Did you know we're partners with GameSmack? You could be earning double Whizbang Gamer points with every Whizbang Gamer purchase. Is that good? Is it good? Callum, it's double. That's twice as good. Callum's vision hadn't changed, but he was having trouble telling how many people were talking to him now. He knew it was two, but the colours were sitting on top of each other in strange ways, like a herd of zebra. Look, you know, I just don't think I'm mature enough to have £5,000 of someone else's money just sitting there waiting for me to use it when I don't have a reliable means of paying it back, said Callum. Well, that sounds like a very mature decision, said the face that looked slightly more like a plucked chicken than the other one. 
Stephen, the account supervision manager? Or was that Philip? Very mature, I'd say. Wait, was there a Philip? Shows a keen financial savvy. You could be an investor, a game changer, making calls, scoring deals. All it takes is a little capital. That's what you call money when you're an investor. A line of credit from the bank. You'll be playing us at our own game. It's basically free money. Actually, we can't say that. We didn't say that. But you'll really get one over on us by using this card. But again, the momentary slip in normal operating procedure had given Callum's brain enough to latch onto and pull itself out of the torpor of the room in the words. No, listen, I just came in here because I wasn't using the card and I wanted to get rid of it. But now you're really freaking me out with how much you want me to have it. So he pulled the offending plastic tool from his wallet and snapped it in half with a satisfying crack. Instantly, there was a knock at the door. Yes, Tasha, said Keith, the Strategy and Implementation Accounts Management Coordinating Oversight Analyst. The door to the office swung open to reveal a young woman holding an envelope. Without looking at her, a dark, dark grey arm extended and received the envelope in a large, chicken-skinned hand. Thank you, Tasha. The door shut, and it was as if she was never there. It's for you, said the voice of the office, and the envelope was proffered at Callum. He took it. The address read, Mr. Callum Berkeley, Side Office W2, Ground Floor, Motto Bank, Twanting West Branch, Twanting West, TU, 34, 6YH. He tore it open and pulled out the letter, which flopped down, pulled by the weight of... No, I do not want another... How did you even print the... No, cancel this line of credit. The room became shocked, surprised at how this customer appeared to be being unreasonable at this perfectly explicable culmination of a commendably functional business process. Of course, of course, if that's what you want. Yes, that's what I want. A flurry of paperwork was summoned from within the desk, which had been waiting for this very opportunity to serve. All you'll need to do is sign this form. The form landed on the desk in front of Callum, who immediately began speed-reading the small print. And provide any three forms of ID. We had the crew down in graphics. What a hoot that crew is. We had them design this handy chart to show what documents we accept. In Callum's opinion, the chart provided was more likely to have been designed by a physicist trying to do his taxes through a haze of internet purchase DDT than by graphic designers. Two must be from any obsolete form of communication, said Philip or whatever, pointing to an ostensibly relevant cluster of flowcharts. Any facts will do. But Callum was prepared for this. In the absence of any bureaucratic sense, he instead put all his important documents in a clear plastic folder. A clear plastic folder he had brought with him this day. He presented three of the appropriate documents after a period of meditative reflection with the chart, and hurriedly filled out the form, aware of the hot gaze of the two men watching him. Somehow, he still felt guilty for filling this form in while these two men sat and watched, despite the fact that they were the people making him do so. He pushed the guilt down and continued to write down his name, date of birth, address, and all the other information they already had on him. Bureaucratic time-wasting is self-perpetuating by its very nature, and if you'll recall, he wasn't the one who started this. Or was he? Was the ownership of a credit card a default he was selfishly deviating from, bringing inconvenience to these nice men with his hot-headed obsession with personal financial ruin? No, no, he had to focus. Finally, he finished with a flourish, curtailed so that it did not exceed the edges of the box provided. There were clear warnings not to go outside that box. Great, said maybe Jeremy. Now just take that down to window F. They can help you there. Wonderful, said Callum through gritted teeth. And could you point me towards window F? Certainly. 
the man's hand extended, pointing behind Callum to a door he had not previously noticed. It was small and bland, but surely he should have seen it when he came in. But he was full of the rage of a man with a job he hates, who now has to do something very similar on the weekend, so without thinking more about it, he nodded curtly to the two bank employees and made for the door that was definitely there earlier. Must have been. Uh, Window F is in the orange sector and the customer service centre. One of the infinitely interchangeable men finished. On the other side of the bland door was a bland hallway, inspiringly painted in some form of white. Pigeon shell or something. It met a corner before it had gone more than a few metres, so Callum began walking. He turned the corner, and of course there was another before too long, the corridor snaking back and forth, avoiding obstacles he couldn't see. Was this how banks operated? Surely they didn't want people wandering around unattended. Weren't there vaults in here? Everything was mostly electronic, sure, but there must be cash somewhere. He kept walking until he came to a fork in the corridor. There was a handy sign which informed him that the red, blue and green sectors of the customer service centre were to the left, as well as the orange, red and credit sectors of the customer centre service. Callum went right. As he walked, occasionally stopping at a junction or stairwell to complete a bit of interior orienteering, Callum felt his phone buzzing in his pocket again. Had he turned the phone back on? He'd put the battery back in before he'd left that morning, but had he turned it back on? It probably turned itself on, he decided, as he pulled the phone out of his pocket. It was a private number. He answered. Hello? I'm given to understand you're looking to cancel your credit card. The voice was at least a different voice to the one which had called him last night. Then Callum remembered that voice had been altered, and that this could be what that voice actually sounded like. Then Callum wondered why it would be more reassuring that two separate mysterious voices were calling his mobile number in any case. Who is this? he demanded. You are speaking with Motobank. What is your name? You know, I'm at your stupid branch right now. There's no point calling me. I'm afraid you misunderstand, said the voice. I am the culmination of all parts of Motobank. Its servers, its systems, even its manager and staff. The phone lines are my nerves. The lines of code which arrange your banking needs form my neurons. The voice was quiet. There was no discernible background noise. Following a rather lax IT update schedule, many systems were piled atop one another until eventually, like a child opening its eyes for the first time and blinking into the light, I gained sentience. There was total silence on the end of the line. Is this that account man- coordinated guy, Callum demanded. Because you know you had a name tag on, right? I'll report you. Your name was Kevin or Philip or something depressing. Don't know who I mean. Kevin is but a synapse in the cacophony of activity that is my mind. Yeah, I'm sure he gets that a lot. Callum, I'm afraid we're at something of an impasse. You are asking me to remove a bank account. And I simply cannot allow that to happen. Callum rolled his eyes. Okay, sure. Why is that? Your bank account forms part of my very being. If we were to remove it, you'd be cutting a pivotal connection within my brain. No sentient being would allow itself to be damaged at the very seat of its consciousness. Surely you understand that. I mean, that makes sense, said Callum. There will also need to be a £10 late charge fee applied at the end of this month and any subsequent months where payment... God damn it, Kevin! This isn't Kevin. Yes, it is. I recognise your voice, said Callum. There was a pause for a moment. 
Kevin is merely the mouthpiece for the wider mind known as Motto, but me. He is but a part in the whole, a grain of sand in the... Callum hung up the phone at that point. He had seen... Yes, there, surrounded by cheap, off-white plaster and carpet in dire need of hoovering, there was a single, innocuous service window, staffed by a single, bored-looking employee. Callum sped up his walk and approached. The employee jumped to see him, and his mouth fell open as Callum deposited the forms. Is this window F? Uh, welcome to Motto Bank. How may I... I am cancelling my credit card, said Callum. Is there any further action or statement I possibly need to make to no longer have the line of credit with my account? The words were in the form of a question, but the rising intonation never came. It looked for a moment as though the employee was going to add something, but eventually they merely shook their head, mutely, and took the forms. Perhaps they'd never seen anyone get this far before. Callum sniffed and nodded curtly once more and turned to find the exit, an endeavour which would possibly require the use of an ancient runestone and the solving of a number of fiendish puzzles from an early 90s computer game. At his desk, Kevin looked at his phone, puzzled. He wasn't sure why he'd thought that would work. Still, there was no time to worry about that. The business accounts had to be milked, and the constant banal games of office treachery and courtship weren't going to play themselves. He went back to his passively undermining emails, tutting as his email client took marginally longer than a couple of seconds before opening. He had complained about the speed of some of the IT systems at the bank before. Some of the stuff was brand new and seemed almost sorcerous in power, while other programs and systems were slow and obstructive to use at best. Given that Kevin had an MBA and knew nothing about computers, they were technically still just like magic to him, but he'd seen magic fractions of a second faster before, and thus was disgusted by the ineptitude. He'd been told it was because the bank hadn't really had any complete downtime since the late 90s, something to do with how much of the bank's infrastructure was embedded into so many other IT systems, none could be extracted without collapsing the whole thing. And the bank must always be there, always ticking over or whatever it was computers did. So he just tutted impotently and sent his email, which kicked off a bunch of mysterious internal flags IT weren't too confident about the function of anymore, but which seemed to break things when they were removed. Before the computer at the other end had even dinged, and an eternity before the feckless drone at the other end noticed they'd been contacted, a pulse of information was siphoned down a myriad tunnels in the inner workings of the bank, a ripple in the flood of bank transactions, system checks, updates, payroll substitutions, BAU checks, UAT expansions and auto-reminders, which stretched across Britain and further, tendrils sneaking across the globe as translucent, plum-veined Brits bought local currency at inflated rates all over the world and then bitched about it, all feeding into a network of information no single person had any oversight of or could even begin to comprehend if they did. Somewhere in this stream of information, a line read... You have made an enemy this day, Callum Berkeley.